0: And so the first thing I did is I fucking drank a beer and I texted him the picture of the beer and he was like disappointed in me. And welcome to another episode of the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 148. Sorry, Jake, we'll get you your prize soon. That's right, we're back with another episode of the Geekscape Games Podcast, and this time we are short two regular hosts, but back with one guest host. So, almost at full capacity, not really. One
1: regular guest host. Yes,
0: one regular (laughs) guest host.
1: This week, Courtney's C stands for currently on vacation. And this week, the S in Shane O'Hare stands for what? I mean, he probably wasn't going to show up anyway, so.
0: Yeah, and the crazy thing is we had a bunch of technical difficulties, and we're still starting like 30 minutes earlier than we normally would have, so.
2: It's basically early.
0: Yeah, right. We're like, I we feel like we're ahead on time. We have like an extra 30 minutes to talk remasters and stuff, <laughs> but, but yeah, so as you could probably tell, I'm your host this week, Josh Jackson, and I'm joined by Derek Crannevelt. Hey there. And Michaela, I'm sorry, what's your last name? Maxwell. All right, what she said. (laughs) Oh, hi. Hi. So, yes, so we are going to be talking about all the games that we've been playing, all the news that we've come across this week, all the records that have been expunged, all of the waifus that are being made (laughs) Nintendo exclusive, and we actually have a lot to get into, so we'll just get right into it. Derek, what have you been playing this week?
1: Yes, before so before I jump into what I've been playing, uh, I just wanted to actually give a quick shout-out and a quick thanks to the folks at Horror Movie Night. Um, listeners, if you listened to last week's episode, you noticed it was a little bit different. Uh, it was April Fool's Day when it came out. Uh, Shane got so sick of wanting to be on the Horror Movie Night podcast on the Geekscape.network that he decided to make his own. Um, so we reviewed a video game-themed horror movie. Uh, we ripped off and by ripped off i mean literally just used uh their art and music and so thanks thanks to them for letting that happen um actually one of the co-hosts scott uh actually was the creator of that music and artwork i didn't know before that and uh yeah so thanks for that hopefully they enjoyed the episode hopefully you listeners enjoyed the episode um we're actually hoping to do more actual video game movie breakdown episodes in the future so hopefully you will hear those coming down the pipeline soon I was going to say, we have a new one to look forward to in a couple of days. A new video game movie. Yes, we do. And I can't wait to see it. Michaela, mm. do you know what video game movie that is?
2: Is that the one with The Rock and the giant white not a monkey?
0: The Rock and Brock Lesnar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. That like, is exactly think, what's happening.
0: I think the Hurricane tweeted that. It was like, oh, it's good to see The Rock and Brock in a movie together. Just like him next to the albino <laughs> gorilla.
1: That is pretty funny. On the new game front, um, it's been a little while since we've recorded and the last episode was obviously a different one. But uh, I picked up Far Cry 5 on launch day. Um, I've only played it for about an hour so far because I played it. was like, this is pretty cool, but I want to finish The Witcher 3 before I move on to another single-player game. Um, so I kind of did like the opening training area. It seems... Uh, it, the game is freaking gorgeous. It's super good-looking. Um, Playing it on the Xbox One X as well, so playing it in 4K, all the trees and the dirt and everything else look very good. Um, It's set in, like, Backwoods, Montana. Um, I imagine that's probably what Backwoods, Montana is like. Uh, Beautiful place, kind of looks like British Columbia. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's an interesting title. It's an interesting game because you, in in this one... It seems a little bit more grounded, I think, than in the other games, and that might just be because it's set in, like, America, rather than some other... I don't know if it's set... Like, was was Far Cry 4 in a real place, or was that a made-up nation?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure it was real.
1: But, yeah, okay. Uh, I can't remember where it was set, but obviously the people in it are fictional, but, um, yeah, it seems... It, it's interesting, because it's set... Uh, it revolves around this cult, um... That's, like, going crazy and, like, taking over the the state or whatever, and you are this, like, new... I can't remember if it's a U.S. Marshal or whatever your role is, but he's, like, a rookie, and he's going in to try to stop it. And it's just interesting, though, the one kind of jarring part about the game in the hour or so that I played it is, like, I feel like the cutscenes are super they're super dark and super gritty and like, like super intense and emotional. But then as soon as that's over, it's like that Far Cry. I I, like, I just feel like Far Cry games feel like Far Cry games and that the controls and stuff are like, it's, it's very floaty. Like there's so much ammo. Um, like it it just has a specific feel and it feels arcadey and cartoony. And I feel like that's almost off putting when you compare it to the way that these cutscenes go the gameplay i'm loving Uh, i just feel like it's an interesting difference in tone from one minute to the next because of that um but no the game seems super cool right now seems super cool so far i know you can buddy up with certain animals i haven't got to that point yet i've just kind of been shooting people and driving around and trying to survive um but yeah it's it's is like i played it for probably an hour to an hour and a half and was like i cannot wait to jump back into this but i need to finish the witcher 3 before i move on to another single player game
0: so you kind of got to live out your uh fantasy of being able to shoot a p- bunch of americans whenever like shane's like keeping you late when you're like i really need to go to work <laughs> but we're still talking about like when i check in every
1: hour with him and i'm like okay we're still good for 10 o'clock right we're still good for 10 o'clock right and then 12 o'clock hits and and he's still not here
0: yeah how um, many times have you been like fucking americans
1: <laughs> right Never on time for anything. Yeah, so aside from that, that was the only new game I think that I've played. Um, no, I'm lying. Uh, we also played, We didn't. I don't think we talked about it last game episode we recorded, but Mikhail and I have started playing uh, A Way Out, um, which I know we talked about being really excited for, uh, so we finally picked it up put a couple of hours into it. I think it's about an eight to ten hour experience from what I've read. Oh, it's it's super cool. It's split screen all the time and that's whether you're playing online or actually with somebody next to you. Um one of you is a you're both prisoners in a prison and one of you is has been there for a while, one of you is brand new. You guys quickly kinda of become friends and start to create make a plan and, and go through that plan as to how to actually escape the prison. Um storyline at this point it just it feels like like a prison escape movie or something like that, which is I'm, I'm totally cool with, but I don't know. There's been a lot of neat moments where like, like you are one of you is trying to distract a guard so that the other person can get somewhere or you're passing like contraband between the bars and the cells, like just as the guards are trying to come in and stuff. So there's like a lot of intense moments. Um, It's super, it's super neat. I can't wait to play through and finish the rest of the story. And I feel like it's such a, it's a, I want this game to do, to do well because it's a, I loved the developer's previous game, uh, Brothers: uh, Tale of Two Sons, and it's just such a unique. It just feels like such a unique experience, um, and, an, and an original experience when we're, you know, at this point so flooded with sequels and and adaptations and remasters and everything like that. It just felt different, and I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. So I and it's cheap. It's like 10 hour game. It's like 30 bucks. Um, you can also, if you only have online friends or friends that are far away only one of you actually needs to buy the game the other person can download like a a trial copy and then you inviting them to the game unlocks it for a while 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 you are playing together so that's pretty neat yeah i know i can't wait to see how that one plays out uh and aside from that bit more Witcher 3. I'm coming up to the end of the game. There's not much more to say about The Witcher 3 that I haven't said over the last couple of months. Um, except that I love it and uh, I don't want it to ever end. So I think I'm going to finish that and then take a Witcher break. Play some Far Cry 5 and then come back for the DLC. Um, rather than doing it all in one uh, in one kind of fell swoop. I'll take a little break because I know that once it's gone I'm going to miss it a, a ton. Um, and then aside from that I've been playing some Sea of Thieves still. Um, sounds like some people you know, people online were very love or hate it right from the beginning. I'm still loving it. Um took a little bit of a break this past week from it because uh it was WrestleMania week, so there was a ton of wrestling to watch every single day. <laughs> every every moment shit. that I like,
3: it was so hard to get <laughs> every
1: moment that I wasn't at work, I was watching wrestling basically and I mean so that so like I wish that could be every week, but unfortunately <laughs> we're back to real life now and back to playing video games, so I
2: <laughs> Man, your life is hard. Right?
1: I know. Just a couple of weeks till the greatest Royal Rumble, though. I feel Another like WrestleMania was like the road to the greatest Royal Rumble. Sure. <laughs> at this point, yeah, um, yeah. So I got to play a bit more at Sea of Thieves last night, just looping it up with uh, one friend of mine. It ended up being like like Michaela was kind of re- beside me, reading a book slash sort of watching, and it ended up being probably one of the silliest nights of Sea of Thieves that I've had so far. Like like at one point, like the the other guy I was playing with who he just kept hitting stuff by, like, usually he's fine and he is a good boat driver, captain, I think they're called. <laughs> um, he drives that boat real good, you know? Um, but, uh, he was terrible and kept crashing into shit and, um, Then we got a ton of treasure that was worth almost nothing, and it was like, what was even the point of all of this? And then another sloop started chasing us, and I kept trying to jump off the boat and just kind of wait underwater and then climb up onto their boat. But I kept, like, off-shooting it, like, terribly and ending up nowhere near where I needed to be. And then I ended up losing a chest on an island, and it took, like, 20 minutes to find it again. And just all of these moments that, like, you just feel like an idiot, but it's, like, one of those... Because you, I don't know if it's because you're doing it with a friend or what, but it's like something that you will remember. It's one of one of those gaming memories that you'll look back on. It felt like because, like, what the hell were we doing? Like, why why were we so terrible all of a sudden? But I'm still having a ton of fun. In, ton, fun I can't talk. A ton of fun with the game. I posted a full review a few weeks ago of the game on Geekscape.net, and I think that every word that I wrote in there still rings true. Um, it's still I'm still. I'm still not really into multiplayer games. I'm still super into this multiplayer game. Uh, I can Rare has noted that in the next week or so, we should see kind of a content roadmap to see what is next for the game. Um, they've announced a partnership with Chips Ahoy, and I think Doritos. Where next month, if you buy <laughs> Chips Ahoy, you're going to get some download, some unlockable skins and content. So, going to eat a lot of cookies next month. Um, Wait, so you? They have like codes in Chips Ahoy and Doritos for the game. I don't know if it's... I know it's definitely Chips Ahoy. I thought that I had heard Doritos as well, but I know it's Chips Ahoy um, and a few other products, I think. But yeah, there will be codes and they unlock uh, like pieces of clothing or whatnot. Hopefully it's like a whole set and not like you got to buy five bags of cookies to, to get this whole clothing set or something like that. But
2: But if you need to, you'll do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then, and then we're gonna have to do it doubly so that you can get them too.
2: Wow, that's so many cookies! Right.
0: I remember when Street Fighter had like costumes with Red Bull cans a few months ago, and I decided though that a heart attack wasn't worth a few <laughs> cheap costumes. But
2: that was a wise I, choice.
0: I really, really. But hope these there are like. Could you get those? Are could there you actual Tazhoy in the game?
1: No, no, there's not. Oh my god, uh, that would
2: be hilarious, Doesn't though. that sound they perfect, too, because
1: it's like Ahoy? It's like Ships Ahoy yeah. or something? You should yeah.
2: Twitter that at them, just in case they haven't thought of
1: it. Were the Street Fighter costumes, were those costumes that were also available elsewhere, or could you only get them through Red Bull?
0: Uh, I th- I'm i not 100% sure. I think that they were only available through Red Bull for a time, but now you could like buy it with real money. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, so all that they've detailed at this point is that it is exclusive to these cookies or whatever so um i don't know buy the cookies sell the codes on ebay pay for a month of game pass you know there you go (laughs) speaking of i Uh, was just reading how halo
0: 5 and uh skyrim are going to be free on xbox this week
1: weekend yes i did see that um halo 5 is also on the game pass but they're having a free weekend and i think is i think injustice 2 potentially as well is free to play right now which is one that i was actually interested in downloading and trying out because i Love the first one, have not touched the second one, and I hear it's phenomenal um, yeah
0: i I love the second one, um, so yeah, if it is free, we should try playing sometime this weekend. Do you know if it's the ultimate edition
1: or just regular? I do not know. I kind of read it in passing today, oh okay. um yeah, Michaela really liked injustice I was gonna say, well. is
2: injustice the one with the superheroes fighting? It
0: sure is yeah that sounds great. the one with the evil superman and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. The one that Shane says is a terrible game, but he doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: Oh, he's, he's, he's the worst. (laughs) I'm just kidding. uh,
2: You guys, he's not even here to defend himself right now. Come on.
1: I love Shane, but I hate his opinion of injustice because it's (laughs) wrong.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would talk, I would talk to Shane directly about this, but I couldn't because he neglected me when he was here in LA. Oh no! Man,
1: (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I don't even have words.
0: It was like... I was like, "Hey, Shade, where are you?" I was, or, no, I said, "How long are you here?" Like, He's like, "I already left." <laughs> and no, actually, I said, "How long are you here?" Th- like the time that you saw was the second time I asked. Like the first oh. time I asked was like as soon as I woke up from when he told me that he was here, and then I was like, "How long are you going to be here?" And I never got a text. And then like twelve hours later, I opened my Instagram, and it's like. With Jonathan's Instagram, like, oh, hanging out with Shade O'Hare and Courtney, and <laughs> Courtney Dawson, all, like all fucking day, and I'm like, oh, screw you too, Shane. I'm just kidding. I uh, all day, so I wouldn't I mean, would have been able to go
1: anyway. I'm in a like I'm in a similar boat because I asked him a thousand times when he was going to be in Seattle, and he didn't tell me. And then he was like, oh, I'm gone already. So <laughs> I guess we'll see you at Comic Con, maybe. Maybe I don't think I'm even
0: going this year, but that's <sighs> a different what? story. Yeah, I'm trying to get an internship for school, but take the the, but we'll Mm. I don't know we'll see we'll see one way or another I think I'll try to be down there at least for a little bit. There you go. Because when else am I going to see
1: you guys? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Come to come visit Canada.
2: Happen. Also, you should come to Canada.
0: I know. I want to. I want to visit Canada. I've been wanting to visit Canada, but it's probably not the best idea right now.
2: I mean, that's that's fair.
0: Yeah.
1: You got to build it before they build the wall. Or you mean you got to come before they build the wall? I know. You know that's I'm trying going on the
2: other side of their country though, first.
1: Right? That's, I'm, that's just to start. I'm trying very, very hard. Once I'm done with school, we'll be
0: neighbors. <laughs> there we go.
2: We have free bedrooms you can stay in.
0: Is that like a we'll Canadian thing, you. or just a you guys thing?
2: Just us. Just oh, okay. Us. You can only see this one very small part of Canada, but it's the best part. I okay.
0: Think. Well, I figure the best like part Washington of Canada is wherever you guys
1: there. are. So.
2: Word.
0: <laughs> that goes without saying.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that is it for my video games since our last recording. Um, Michaela?
3: Uh
2: I have played some video games. Uh, just touching on your Sea of Thieves business, I feel like I've played it a bunch. Like, I've played it with some of our friends, and that was fun. Um, I like that it's not too too difficult like I'm able to actually succeed in it which is really nice and it's I've never really like done the thing where you're like hanging out and talking to people like it's like you're hanging out in the same room you're just having conversations about life as you're like you know bailing out the boat or whatever uh so that's kind of fun especially since we're playing with people who live on the island who we don't usually get to see that often watching Derek and Mike play last night was effing hilarious i was like peeing my pants laughing the whole time derek's like searching this island for a chest that's still half buried and he can't find it and then mike's like crashing the boat into the island at the same time and both of them are yelling about different things and everything is falling apart uh so that was enjoyable even though i wasn't playing myself And then we just got a message from Mike today saying that he had, like, crashed his boat onto an island and, like, crashed it so hard that it flipped upside down out of the water and then, like, crashed the server or something. I don't know. (laughs) But it sounded pretty hilarious.
0: I guess if you can't find the treasure, you could just ram the boat into the entire landmass and hope that it pops up.
2: I think that would be a good strategy. I feel like I really want to try this now, like... Smashing boats into things seems like a, a part of the game. And then I've still been playing Sims, although I feel like it's kind of lost its luster a little bit. Like, I feel like I'm just playing because I know that it's there, and and not that I have to, but I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I'll do this thing. I don't really care about it as much anymore, which is kind of weird because why did I care about it in the first place? I don't know. Uh, but it's still enjoyable. And then uh today actually I started playing Hellblade and I can't pronounce the girl's name Senua's Sacrifice uh mm-hmm. which came out on Xbox yesterday. I mostly wanted to play it because I the like pictures I've seen of the girl in it are so rad. I love her like just her whole look but the way her face is painted and stuff. And I realized that I've like seen a bunch of cosplays of this girl. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh my god, that character's so cool. Bla la 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 la. And uh and so I was like, oh, I like actually know what this is now. I can find out what it's about. And then we also watched um a video of the people who had like done the sound for it. And it was really interesting how they like created the sense of people being in your head and like Talking all around you and that kind of stuff so i was looking forward to trying to play it and it was actually such a crazy experience like within moments of starting the game you're like you're floating on some water in like a canoe boat thing um and well it's not you you're you're not the character you're like watching the character kind of and uh This woman is talking, and she's, like, talking to the character and to you, and then you hear all these other voices that are, like, telling the character that she's gonna fail, or telling her that she's gonna do it, or telling her that she's about to die, and, like, it's just, like, coming from all over, and also coming from, like, inside your own head at the same time, Um, and you're, like, going towards the, like, darkness or something, and it It just was like such an incredible, weird, uncomfortable feeling, and I was so surprised that, without really knowing anything about the story or without really knowing what I was getting myself into, I was just like immediately so uncomfortable and and did not want to be there anymore, um, <laughs> <laughs> but then also really wanted to be there and find out what was going on. It was also really beautiful, like walking around, you like get to um it's like an an ocean, like the beach. you're at the beach at one point, but it's like spooky, you're like at the gates of hell or something and um and just like the reflection of all these like crazy spikes of wood with like dead bodies are being reflected in like tide pools and and the waves are crashing, and it like where the waves are crashing changes as you like turn the character's head and and uh it was just it was really interesting. So the sound and, like, the the beauty of the game, totally recommend it. And then I played for, like, I think I played for a couple hours, actually. And it was um, uh, fun. It was, like, not too difficult in terms of figuring out what to do and how to do it. So that was nice. Um, but, like, challenging enough, I felt like, I don't really know what the proper terms are, but it was kind of, like, puzzly. Like, it was, like you need to get through this gate, but you can't just go straight through the gate. You have to find the secret way to get to the gate. And then you have to like, stare at this thing and then find the same shape somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. So that was good. um, But challenging to like, use your brain to figure out what was going on. And I couldn't figure out why I was struggling with it. Like it was quite frustrating. But I think for somebody who, you know, my mind has not like video games are new to me still. And so my mind is not, like, trained in how to figure out how to figure out a video game. um. So I think that becomes a bit of a challenge for me. Um, But it also makes it interesting, right? Like, like, I was doing something and I knew that if Derek was sitting beside me, I could have just been like, what is it wanting me to do? And he would have been able to explain it to me and I would have gotten through that obstacle in, like, 10 seconds. But instead... It took me like half an hour of stumbling over the same things a million times and not knowing what I was looking for. <laughs> so that was an interesting experience. Um, yeah, but yeah, were you playing I, it
0: with a headset?
2: I was, yeah. Because I knew going into it that the, like, the soundscape was like part of the whole experience, so I knew to use a headset, um, which definitely added to the experience.
0: Yeah, I feel, I mean, they give you a little disclaimer, but still, I feel like anyone who's playing that game, it's, like, a must to play it with the headset, because the whole, like, talking to herself, like, the voices and her inner thoughts and stuff, it's, like, it comes together so well, it's so cool, like, with the headset in, like, whisper, two different sets of whispers are, like, coming in through each ear at the same time. It's, like, such a really well-put-together game
2: it is and it was like like it does say something at the beginning about how like people who had experienced psychosis and like uh psychiatrists and stuff were um consulted or whatever were like part of the making of it and i just could not imagine that being your real life of like having having to listen to so many conflicting Things from so many conflicting voices at the same time. Like, it's so disconcerting.
0: Yeah, and is it, did I hear correctly, or is it something like within, like, the first week that it's on Xbox that a certain portion of the sales is going towards, like, mental health charities or something like that?
2: Yeah, so I think um, in the first week of sales, so until April 18th, uh, if they sell, uh, I think it was 50,000 copies they would be able to donate $25,000 to American Mental Health and if they sell a hundred thousand copies then they'll be able to donate $50,000 to American or Mental Mental Health America. America. Huh? Yeah so that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah because I already have it on PlayStation but that kind of gives me an incentive. Like listening to you talk about it makes me want to play it over, have an excuse to play it over again. And it's like,
2: that would be with great. that added
0: incentive. It's like, maybe I should pick it up. I haven't bought anything on my Xbox in a really, really long time. So
2: maybe it's about it.
0: time I should.
2: And then you should tell me what you think about it. I feel like it would be so interesting to talk to someone about like the experience of it as you're going through it. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, maybe that'll be my task for the next week. I'll try to finish it. Cause I played it a while ago, but I didn't play a whole lot of it. And I think okay. I talked about it on a previous episode. And it was like the most interesting game ever, but it's like, you know You have to like, do other things. You can't just sit around and play games all day unfortunately. So Totally. Then it just got lost with all the like Life is strange coming out and yeah. all that other stuff. So it's like Yeah, but now that's now listening to you talk about it's brought it back up to the top of my list so now I'm excited to kind of jump back into it.
2: You totally should. It's so good. Can I how did you find it challenging? Because I find it, like, quite challenging to figure out how, like, what it's wanting me to do. Is that is that something that you remember noticing, or is it, like, a fairly easy playthrough
0: for you? Um, like, I would get a little stuck, but it wasn't for, it wasn't, like, too long. I wouldn't call it, like, easy, but I wouldn't call it hard either. Okay. But there were a few times where I had to kind of walk around and just push buttons, hoping something would happen before I would, like, kind of, before something yeah. would just click.
2: I definitely did a bunch of that. Huh. <laughs> but yeah, that would be cool. I think when they um released the Playstation version or like the other versions that they did, um, I think I noticed something on Twitter or somewhere on the internet of webs that said that they had done they had contributed some sort of the profits uh from those sales as well to something. Um but obviously I don't know all the details from that time.
0: Yeah. And if um, if you ever get the chance once you're done with this, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not as focused in terms of having this goal of, like, representing um, psychosis, but uh, and Shane and I have raved about this developer before, but their other games are really, really good if you ever get a chance to go back and play them. Oh,
2: Like, but really? they're all
0: kind of underappreciated to different extents, I think. Okay. But yeah, they had um Heavenly Sword, which is like a PS3 exclusive, and it was like a launch title, I think. And so that one might be harder to play if you guys don't have a PS3 right now. But um, mm-hmm. Enslaved Odyssey of the West came out on 360. I'm not sure if it's backwards compatible. And then the Devil May Cry, like the last Devil May Cry game that came out. But Shane always talks about it on the show, and it rightfully so, I think, because it was a really interesting. I uh, had like a really interesting story to it. Okay. So like any I feel one of like those that three, one if you
2: get a chance. Kind of familiar.
1: Was that the yeah. DMC one? Yeah, it was the, DMC. The previewed one. I feel like that might even be a, a game that's available on Game Pass.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure because I mean they even have like the remastered one on Xbox One, so you don't even mm-hmm. really have to go back to the 360 to play it. Speaking of our question of the week, but we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but
2: was that um, was that all you had been
0: playing this week, Mateo? Yeah,
2: yeah. What yeah, have you been so? Playing the Josh?
1: definitive edition of DMC is actually uh, free with Game Pass. So. Oh, nice.
0: So, yeah, once once Hellblade's over with, that'll be the next one to jump to, because that one's really fun, too.
2: Okay, remind me of that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But then, as far as what I've been playing this week, mostly a lot of the same stuff I've been playing every week for the last, like, three months, but um have a little bit more detail on some of them. So, uh, Overwatch came out with their new Retribution, um, or it's, like, part of their Archives event, which I think is what they're calling it now going forward, whereas last year it was just Uprising, I think. But this year they brought back Uprising which was like their first real like story campaign mission.
3: Okay.
0: And this year they added a new one where you play as uh Blackwatch which was Overwatch's like um like more discreet covert ops division which would do which would take on missions that were more like on the illegal side I guess or that that the public wasn't supposed to know about. And it kind of goes into a little bit of detail on how, on the beginnings of how Reaper became a bad guy. And it's, a, it's really cool. I really like playing the co op missions as opposed to fighting against other players all the time. And these little bits of tidbit, like these little tidbits of story and character growth and all of that. It's like really, really cool, but at the same time, it makes me really wish that they had like a full on mode with multiple missions that we could play whenever we want. Because as it stands right now, uh, these story missions are seasonal. They're being treated like any other event, like a Halloween event or a Christmas event or whatever. So it'll only, it's only going to be up until the end of April. And after that, it's going to be gone
1: for another year. So is it like story as in there's like cutscenes and stuff associated with it as well? Or is it just like a, like there's a backstory you can read into or how is that played out?
0: Well, it's a mix of both because there's, there's a lot of backstory in like the comics and stuff, that's made in collaboration with Blizzard, so it's all okay. like official. But these story missions kind of give you more insight on some of those storylines, and they let you kind of experience it how they play out. But last year's last years had like cutscenes, but it was just like dialogue over still pictures. But this year's event has like full on cuts, like three D. Animated cutscenes with the characters and everything. So this year, they feel like they really did go into a lot more uh, detail as far as being able to like animate it and everything. On on top of that, there's a lot of exclusive enemies that you fight throughout this like mini campaign that aren't because last year's story campaign, all of the enemies on that map were just essentially reskin versions of characters that are already in the game. But this time, there's, like, three enemies. Two of them take elements from characters that are already in the game, but they have a few few abilities that are unique to them. And then the third enemy is just completely new, which is making people wonder if they're going to come out with a new character modeled after this character or if it's literally just going to be exclusive to this mode. But, yeah, it's, like, it's just really, really cool, and I think Overwatch has a really great story attached to it it's just that in terms of the actual game there's no way to tell the story and Mm -hmm. while this event is cool I really really wish like I said it would be something more consistent and more readily available and maybe more than just like one or two missions a year if we had like a full on story mode down the road I think it would really benefit Um, since everyone that I've talked to and everyone I've seen online talking about it seems to really be enjoying it.
2: Do you think that they're like testing the waters kind of and you'll end up seeing more of a story mode in like a future edition of the game
0: i mean i don't think so because they put so much time and effort into constantly developing new maps and new characters and um rebalancing the game for the multiplayer part like it seems like right their focus is like a hundred percent on the multiplayer aside from these small short-term events but I feel like if they get enough positive feedback, they might even maybe I don't know have a separate team to develop like a more single player. I keep saying single player, but it's more like like story driven content, like player versus environment, because it's like a four right. it's a four person team map where you're playing with uh, three other people um, against the AI. Um, but yeah, I think that they really should switch a little bit of focus towards more content like this. However. As far as what you're asking, I don't know if that's gonna be something that they'd be willing to do anytime in the future. Especially because they're so invested in the Overwatch League right now and the esports aspect of it. So well, I feel like a it's large so majority successful. of them. Yeah, and I mean it is it's making them, you know, so much giving them so much attention, making them so much money and everything. So understandably that's where their priority is, but because of how popular it is and how I think they were saying recently that they're looking to expand it next next year um, when they have another season with more teams and everything, uh, I really feel like their focus is almost 100% on how can we keep tweaking the competitive multiplayer aspect to it. So if they do have more content like this, I don't think it's going to be outside of this annual schedule they're doing right now. I really don't think it's going to be anytime soon if they do have a more robust feature. Right but uh, outside of Overwatch, I started playing the Fire Emblem Warriors Awakening DLC, which, like the previous DLC, it gives it gives um, three new maps, it raised the level cap, and gave some new exclusive weapons to the, any characters that were missing them up to this point. And then it added three new characters, which, again, disappointingly, two of them are essentially clones of characters that already exist. So it's like, essentially, you're getting one new character for the... Uh, With the pack, so like that's the last DLC lined up for this game. So in a way, I'm kind of disappointed because you know the advertised DLC count was like nine characters, but I think only four of them were unique, and the other five were identical to characters already in the game. So that was kind of a bummer. But totally. But still, being able to see like all these (laughs) characters in 3D and being able to play them in an action setting is really cool. I do feel like this pack is probably going to be the one that moves a bunch of. A DLC sales since it has Tharja as the um, one of the characters on it and if you're unfamiliar like Tharja's, essentially the most one of the most popular if not the most popular character from the most popular Fire Emblem game and the in, almost the entire reason why she's popular is because she's barely wearing any clothes <laughs> so I remember when the game was coming out and they were announcing the roster I was like oh there's no way she's not going to be in the game and I'm just like counting the days waiting for her to show up. And she never shows up, and then all of a sudden they announce for the DLC pack, like, oh yeah, she's DLC, and I was like, oh, those fuckers, they know exactly what they're doing. (laughs) Like, everyone out here is going to pay another 20 bucks, like all these fucking weebs are going to pay another 20 bucks to be able to play as this character, so.
2: 100% they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, so. And on top of that, though, she's fun to play with, even though she is one of the two clones, but uh, she has a handful of moves that are unique to her, so. Um, outside of that, though, I started playing more of Yakuza 6, and I think I've mentioned before, and every Yakuza's like this, but the story's, like, really, really serious, but all the side missions are really, really goofy, so it creates this really weird contrast between, like, scenarios and the dialogue in the game, and whoever voices the main character just does such a great job, even though it's all in Japanese, it's like, he says everything so straight-faced and serious even when it gets to those really weird parts so i think a few weeks ago i mentioned there's like a there's like a live chat mini game where you could like talk to porn stars <laughs> like <laughs> on the internet and it's like since he's he's an older guy because this game spanned decades so this game takes place in the modern day like the modern era but he's like a i think he's like mid 40s at this point so it's like he doesn't know how to use computers really. So like the mini game is you tapping buttons to be able to type the right things to get her to take more clothes <laughs> off. But he's like typing it with two index fingers. Like oh looking my God, for the that's keys the keyboard. And um so like the most recent parts that I found in the game, um I found a gym that you could join and it's like the guy talks you into buying a gym membership. And as someone who's like going to school right now for like physical therapy and personal training, it was really funny the way, like that, the way they tried to make it so like realistic, but at the same time really weird. Um, but it's like you go to the gym and you could choose any two weightlifting exercises, but they don't let you do more than two at a time, which raises your stats. And then after you leave, your personal trainer gives you like a like a diet plan, and you're supposed to find like a restaurant that serves what he tells you to eat, <laughs> and that's supposed to be the next meal you eat to be able to get like bonus. Um, stat upgrades and so I ended up coming across another mission where I was trying to get rid of a drunk from a park by buying him a beer so he'd go away but it's like I couldn't find where you could buy like a beer that you could take with you and not just instantly drink so I accidentally <laughs> bought a beer that I drank and then so you're sp- you automatically text a picture of like the first food item you consume and send it to your personal trainer to show him you're sticking to your diet plan
3: Oh, and no. so the first thing
0: I did is I fucking drank a beer and I texted him the picture of the beer and he was like disappointed in me and I <laughs> lost all my stat points and I was really pissed because I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> but yeah, and then um, and that mission that I mentioned where you're supposed to get rid of the drunk guy in the park. It's like a this set of like never ending side missions that you get from it's supposed to be like a social media community where they're report crimes and you're supposed to go stop them but it's really funny to me because the name of the app is called troubler and it's spelled like tumblr <laughs> so it's like you con- you're constantly like getting messages and it's like i want to move on with the story but i keep doing those and i think it- eventually i'm gonna have to stop because i'm pretty sure at this point that they never end and it's just infinite <laughs> but they make you feel like shit if you don't do them because it's like they'll say oh There's this gang who goes around and does nothing but beats up middle aged men, like, Oh, I found I saw them harassing this guy here. Will someone go stop him? And then it's like, I didn't do it and then like five minutes later you get another text like, Oh, they found the guy in the alleyway, he's in critical condition now. Too bad no one too bad there weren't any good Samaritans around who felt like who gave a damn enough to do something. And I'm like, What the fuck? You're like dang it, I'm I'm busy I'm trying to play my game. Like (laughs) and then like and as weird as this next part's gonna sound, this is actually part of the story, which is more, like I said, it's more serious because, like, the main plot of the game is like your adopted daughter that you pretty much found from in the first game, and we're all the way up to six, where she's an adult now. It's like she got hit by a hit and run; she's like about to die, and you found her secret son or something, and you're supposed to like find out who hit her, and it all comes back to the like the mafia and all that. Um, but on. T- the, the last, like, story mission I played, I got attacked by some gangsters, and when I'm fighting them off, some guy shows up and helps you fight them. and then all of a sudden they fucking pan out, and the guy who helps you fight him was Kazuchika Okada from New Japan. Oh, no way. And it's like, they're like, oh, like, this guy shows up who's, like, I guess his, like, sidekick or something, and he's like, oh, that man, they call him the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. He leads this, he leads a gang of over a thousand people who go around trying to st- prevent crime in Japan <laughs> and like, his, his charisma is so off the charts that he has so that he has over a thousand followers who are and counting who are willing to help him stop crime and stuff. And then he like talks to you and takes off. And like, I know from the Japanese previews and stuff that like you fight, you get to fight a bunch of new Japan wrestlers before That's you so eventually weird. get to fight him. But it's like, they're not wrestlers in the game. They're like an actual, like, that's they like play themselves, though. but as other people. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's pretty much all of the incentive I need to keep playing because I really want to fight them <laughs> and see like how that storyline plays out. Because I assumed it was going to be a side mission, but no, it's a part of the main story. So
3: hmm.
0: it'll be cool to see what happens there. But yeah, from there, I played Injustice 2 more like we were talking about. I think last time I was on the show, I said I was trying to learn Starfire, but this time I kind of switched over to Red Hood, who to me is a lot more fun. Um, And yeah, I still kind of suck online, but everyone I'm playing against has played over a thousand matches, and I just bought it, so. Oh, jeez. I'm like, <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing, but then they, I the play against late. them. And,
1: what was that? You're getting into the game too late.
0: I know, way too late. It's been out for like a year, and I think that's all these people have played.
2: Do they not match you up with people who are like on the same level as you then you think Um, that would happen automatically
0: i think it's supposed to happen automatically but then again if the only people who are playing are them it's like
2: that's the lowest they got
0: (laughs) yeah like i've never played against any like that's not true not never but i think out of all the matches i played online since i bought it a few weeks ago i think only like three or four of the matches i played have been with people who've played like less than a 100 matches Cheese. everybody else is like the large majority of people i get paired up with have played over a thousand matches so it's like i'll play against computer or i'll play against friends who also bought the game recently and i'll do well against them and i'm like all right cool i know what i'm doing and then i'll jump online and just get completely demolished i think earlier <laughs> i played against somebody who was using black canary and i i think i hit him once jeez and yeah it was a, it was miserable but it's still it's so much fun I hope Shane gives it another chance because he's really missing out. Um, And then lastly, there was a Splatfest last weekend, which I participated in. It was team baseball versus team soccer. And even though it was painful to vote against Marina, um, I had to go with baseball because
1: I never watched soccer. It's America's pastime.
0: I don't even really like baseball that much, but at least I'll go to a baseball game where I've like live where I've never really been to soccer. So I picked baseball and I was pretty sure that baseball was going to win because it was a North American Mm. exclusive thing. So I was like, well, baseball is going to win then.
1: And no, like baseball lost about soccer here unless it's Rocket League.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Or Lucio ball. Mm. But um, I was shocked to see that soccer won in popularity by 20%. Jeez! Wow! I would
2: not have expected that.
0: Yeah, me neither. I was shocked, and then I—that's popularity—is the first result they display. So I was like, "Oh fuck, we lost the spot But then, yeah, right. (laughs) But as soon as they calculated the popularity, right after they calculated the win percentage, and team soccer or team baseball won by one percent in both the team category and the solo play category, so we won the spot So that was pretty cool. Nice. If it was in the old days of the Wii U, though, we would have lost because popularity was worth more than it is now. Mm. But either way, I got more sea snails. I'm cool. I'm happy. <laughs> I got everything I needed out of that. The, well, though, uh, I don't know if you guys have kept up with the Splatfest, but I hate how they kind of just suck up your weekend. Like, Why? Did you, because they only they're only active for 24 hours from like 10 right. p.m. on sat, on Friday night to like 10 p.m. on Saturday night.
2: Oh, okay. And
0: if you want to get to the highest rank, like even if you if you win a lot if you win like pretty much all of your matches, I think it takes about two and a half to three hours to get to the top rank
2: jeez, and
0: so if you lose a lot, it can take like five or six hours to get to the top ranks and it's, since it's only in a twenty four hour period it's like you're sitting there fucking grinding it out, and even luckily, this time, I won most of my matches, but when you're on the when you're on a losing streak, it's like the most slow, miserable process, <laughs> and you know it's it's fucking Saturday most people have off that day. It's like, you want to actually do something else besides play Splatoon all day. So I wish they would spread it out over maybe the whole weekend so that you wouldn't have to feel like you had to grind it all out in such a short time. But I still have fun every time I play it. I just start getting really impatient once it starts getting towards the end of the grind. For sure. Yeah. Although about if it I've was,
2: been. if it was over two days, wouldn't they just like have higher levels to reach then?
0: Um, well, hopefully they wouldn't... <laughs> if they did that, that would really suck.
2: That would be awful. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm hoping that if they do increase it to a, f- a full weekend, which I honestly don't think they will, because they've been doing this, doing it this way since the Wii U, like, a year. And I think the first one came out, like, a year and a half, getting close to two years ago, and that's how, how they've always done Splatfests, so... Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't... I don't think it's changing anytime soon, but it's still a lot of fun <laughs> to play.
2: Um... How do you have time to play any of these video games, let alone that many hours of Splatoon while also being a student?
0: I, I just don't, don't understand. S- I sleep less. <laughs> I usually stay up until like two until like two AM when I'm nodding off to play Splatoon and then I
1: wake up in the morning and do the rest of it. It's the beauty of the Switch is you can be in bed and playing.
0: Yeah. Um, the other way that I do it, though, is by getting very poor grades in my biomechanics class. <laughs> that's a great just, strategy. Which I just learned about. The, uh, which I just learned about the other day. Oh no! But it's okay. Everyone else did shitty, so the curve makes it so I'm actually doing really well. There you go.
2: Perfect.
1: It's all about it, that curve.
0: D is the new B. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, so, how about we start getting into the news a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest news uh, came out just this morning, but uh, Billy Mitchell, the first man to make a 1 million point score uh, in Donkey Kong. Uh, he's a liar. Has had his Yeah, he's a liar, and he's had his rep- record stripped from him. Um, I kind of read up on it a bit today, so the, the allegations that seem to have first come out a few months ago, and uh, Twin Galaxies, who's kind of the um, main, like, group that deems all the world records for all these old arcade games and stuff. It's actually pretty cool, but uh, they've essentially done a bunch of research, and it's been found out that he um, was not using an original arcade cabinet for Donkey Kong when he scored that, and and he's had some other records taken from him too, I believe. Um, but yeah, so both Twin Galaxies and Guinness for Guinness World Records, they require like an original arcade board essentially for any records like this. Um, it was found out and it's something where like, like it, the recordings of it, it's, it's something to do with the way that the, an emulator actually renders the level versus an actual arcade machine in like the order that the pillars appear or the direction that they kind of come in from. Um, it's just different on an emulator versus the arcade board and, uh, whatever footage he had was uh, taken from an emulator, essentially. Um, so there's allegations as to, and I mean, it's I'm I don't know, like, will we ever know the full or real story? It's hard to say, but uh, it's um, yeah, he's he's out, <laughs> he's out, and uh, yeah, so now now it's Steve Weeb, Steve Weeb, the is the king of Kong.
0: Yeah, one of, some of my friends are bringing that up, how like in the movie King of Kong if you either of you have seen it um, mm-hmm. they like ran Steve Weeby through the through the, ringer. through the ringer like they tore his arcade apart to try to prove supposedly that it was fake or that it was falsified or whatever and it turns out that after all this time he wasn't using an original unit and what well, didn't it come about too because the person who originally said that he was that he was dishonest with his record pointed out that some of the levels that he was using at a certain point weren't possible to generate on the original Mm -hmm. so it was like essentially he was playing on modded levels that don't exist on the real game which is like really makes it a completely different story now
2: how did it take them this long to figure that out then
0: that's what I'm wondering.
1: Because yeah, it's, like that seems pretty well, so straightforward. I, I just don't like. I don't know that they would have known, but it was something where in February of this year, one of the Twin Galaxies members um, basically filed a claim disputing the v- validity of his record. Um, they basic that I, I like have the press release here, but it says so. His name is Jeremy. Jeremy's assertion con- concluded that not only can the original Donkey Kong arcade hardware not produced the board transition images shown in the recordings, but that these transitions were actually generated through the use of MAME, the emulator. Um, the rules for submitting scores for the original Donkey Kong competitive leaderboards requires the use of original arcade hardware only. The use of MAME or any other emulation software to for submission to these leaderboards is strictly per, uh, forbidden. Um Yeah, they noted Twin Galaxies has meticulously tested and investigated the dispute case assertions as well as a number of relevant contingent factors, such as the veracity of actual video performances that the dispute claim assertions rely upon. Basically, they launched an investigation. Jeremy was right. Um, Their specific findings note that the taped performance of the, the essentially the King of Kong tape that were historically used by twin galaxies to substantiate these scores and place them in the database were not produced by the direct feed output of an original donkey kong board. Um, there was another score that does not have a, does not have enough of a body of direct evidence to feel comfortable to make a definitive determination at this time. Um, but there's a, just a bunch of, a bunch of stuff going on there. um, yeah, we know what for certain that an unmodified original arcade PCB did not output the display scene in the videotape score performances. Um, crazy, crazy! It's just crazy. Like, I mean, because it's there, there's been that back and forth. Like, what, when did King of Kong come out? It was like 2000. It was like 10 years ago. Like, yeah, and even an interesting. Than
0: that, I think it's been a long time.
1: It's been a long time, and it's such an interesting story. Right from right from then and there's been this back and i feel like there's been this back and forth for the whole this whole time and for this to now come out and now now he's banned like twin galaxies has banned him from competition in the future basically as well um it's gotta uh, i mean like uh, it's gotta not feel good but does it feel good to be uh, that record holder when you obtained it illegitimate in the first place as well like i don't know it's tough Uh, steve Weeb's gotta feel pretty good right now though
0: yeah and I was talking about that with a friend earlier, like, not not with Billy Mitchell, but, like, how bad, like, aimbotting is on when we're playing, like, shooters online on PC. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, we were talking about that. Like, what's the point of being on top of a leaderboard or winning a match when you're not actually even playing it? And it's, like, this is kind of the same thing, but on a much, like, wider scale since it was, like, a world record that was acknowledged in so many different places for, like, over a decade now. Mm-hmm and like his whole reputation is essentially based off of that in barbecue sauce. So it's like, (laughs) uh, like, like Michaela was saying too, like, it's just weird to me how long it took for someone to actually realize it. I guess they were just taking his word. I think that's the thing about twin galaxies. Their whole process of verification is essentially just record yourself playing and send it to us. And there's a lot of ways that that could be manipulated. Um, not to mention that in the King of Kong movie, I think when Steve Weeby recorded his and sent it to them, like his video camera got a little fuzzy at a certain part and they were like using that as an excuse. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. it could have been edited there. Right. Which, again, sh- uh, goes back to how they ran him through the ringer and yet people mm-hmm. are just finding out about Billy. So it's well, yeah, really And, and, yet, and if it was something,
1: if it was emulated too, like he could have been using save states and all that sort of stuff, right? Like he could have just... Like, it's not just that it was emulated and that whatever happened slightly differently because of that, but it just opens up the door to so many other things that could have been going on there. Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, and what else did this guy do with his life? Like, does it all just fall apart now? Does he have other things that he cares about? Did he have a job? Did he make money off of this? Like, what does it mean?
0: Well, I know he's he's made, like, all kinds of, like essentially, like, celebrity appearances off of off of this over the years. And uh, he, I think he has a restaurant that a lot of people go to just as a chance to meet him because it's like, oh, it's the guy with the Donkey Kong record or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, outside of that, I mean, yeah, essentially, as far as I know, at least, his whole reputation and his whole, like, persona is just based off of this.
2: Yeah, so he's f
0: Yeah, pretty much, but... Who knows, maybe he'll I mean he
2: did it to himself, obviously. Yeah. But it's just like crazy to think that you would base so much of your life and the way you are perceived off of this one thing that is not actually true.
0: And the crazy thing about it is that he was always so defensive and so quick to call other people cheaters while knowing that this was the case, so it's like Nah, bizarre it's kind of weird. It's yeah, it's such a bizarre story. But outside of Billy Mitchell, it looks like the division's getting updated, Derek.
1: Yeah, so I I picked up the division like a year ago and I played it once and it was a fun time. Uh and Shane is super into the division or he was. And yeah.
2: Is the division the one where the guy was like, Oh, you just made someone a widow?
1: No, that was uh dishonored. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I picked up The Division because it was like a $10 sale on Amazon. Played it for a few hours, and, re- you know, it was really cool. I don't know why I didn't return to it. I mean, that's my typical way that I play a game is I play it one time, and that was one time for $10, so it was a great value. Um, <laughs> but now, I'm de- I am mean, I've been super into the Xbox One X. Um, that we picked up a couple months ago and I've been super into playing games on it that are enhanced. And that's part, that's what drew me to the Witcher three again is I wanted to see what that looked like on in, in 4k and with all those enhancements that they made, because I think one of the reasons I stopped playing in the first place was that the performance was not great early on. Um, and I stopped playing it before they patched that back way back in the day, but, um, it's been teased for quite some time, but Ubisoft has rolled out a big patch for the division on all platforms. Um, but the biggest piece of the update is for Xbox one X, uh, owners. And so it adds 4k, uh, it improves anis, anis, anisotropic filtering, uh, object detail reflections and screen space shadows as well. So it's going to look pretty gorgeous. Uh, I watched some comparison videos at work today and I mean, it was a good looking game before, um, game looks freaking gorgeous now. Um, they, did a, they added some other stuff too. So uh, something called Onslaught and Blackout are the two new global events that they uh, added. Each event has three different stages. Uh, they get harder as you go up each rank. Um, you can get 40 new commendations uh, by playing these new events too. I don't know what any of that means because I didn't get that far in the game, but <laughs> I'm definitely, I, I would like to play it again. Um, it seemed like it was, I mean, it was, Meant to be Ubisoft's answer to Destiny type thing and the kind of ever evolving, like always continuing story. Um, from the few hours that I played of the Division when I first played the Division, I enjoyed that more than the time I put into the first Destiny game because if I mean it felt like it felt like you were playing a story where Destiny felt like you were just playing a shooter with no story and then you were reading stuff on your phone to learn about it and <laughs> for that <laughs> and for that reason the division uh it it, it was way more interesting um so yeah that's cool
0: yeah um is that the update that's adding sam fisher or something like that
1: that is not the division that's for ghost recon oh that's right that's right or rainbow six is it rainbow six or ghost recon one of the two I think it's Ghost um, Recon Wildlands. Now that you mentioned it, I think so. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was. I saw a clip of that too, because there was like a Solid Snake reference in there. Um, I saw like a GIF of where they talk about you know the other sneaky guy finally being retired and like how yeah, Sam Fisher's the last one and stuff like that, and it just made me <laughs> sad. But um, I mean, it was is nice Sam nod, Fisher really but the last like, one uh, if he hasn't had a game in like ten years and it's just like a cameo in another game? I mean, it's tough. Like I feel like like them bringing back Michael. Like they're not gonna bring back. Sam Fisher, Michael Ironside for like a tiny side mission in in Ghost Recon, like they gotta be working on something. I wonder if we'll see something at E three or something like that. Like, like people like Splinter Cell is beloved. Like, there hasn't been a game in a long time. Metal like Metal Gear Solid is not a competitor anymore because it's a joke now. Like, there, there's not like people are dying for a good stealth action game at this point. And there's what do you mean it's a, a joke though.
0: Metal Gear Survive is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the game of the year. Like redefine Metal Gear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just please, like take my eight dollars save slots. <laughs> um, I I don't ugh. man. I just get sad when I think about Metal Gear and Silent Hill. Yeah, I mean it's Those Konami. The days. But do now, you guys uh, remember the
0: name of the game that Konami made? Uh, another thing I was talking about with my friend, and I drew a complete blank. But it was like an Animal Crossing knockoff, but you were playing as like a town of magicians. It was on the DS. (laughs) And I heard it was a really, really, really good game. And it was like one of two games that used like the StreetPass function before StreetPass existed.
1: No, I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, it was on the, it was originally on the original DS, but it was only on particular games. And you had to have that game on. And if you turned on like the, they didn't call it StreetPass, but if you turned on that feature, like when you closed your DS, the screens didn't turn off because the game had to be on. So it would be like, it would work for an hour and then your battery would be dead. <laughs> but it was like one of two games that used it before it became like a widespread mm-hmm. feature on the 3DS. But it was apparently a really good game. No one heard of it ex- outside of like 10 people. So and, now there's
1: probably a nice pachinko board for it, though. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, I feel like I remember, like, I remember kind of those early days of Street Pass, and it was like, I didn't really, I lived in a small town at the time, so I never Street pa- like, I never passed with anybody. Um, but it was just like, I just remember it was so annoying because I don't know if they changed it later on or if it was just bad back in the day, but like, I feel like, yeah, you'd go somewhere and then like a couple hours later, you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to play my, I'm going to play my DS now and it's dead. And I'm like, why is this a feature? Why would anybody do this? Like, it's just literally like every, it's a portable system that I can never play because the battery's always dead when it like, I just charged this thing a few hours ago and it's dead already. And I didn't even get anything like Yeah, Um, I quickly figured out that if I wasn't going
0: to use any, if I wasn't attached to any StreetPass features at the time to just turn off the wireless um, function or whatever it was. Yeah, it like extended your battery life by like five hours by turning that thing off. It was ridiculous, (laughs) yeah. It's bittersweet that the Switch doesn't have it, but
1: you know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, But speaking speaking about old stuff... uh, there was also a the second episode of Inside Xbox, which uh, premiered premiered last month with like a pretty good of Thieves-focused episode. Um, but they had a new episode a couple days ago and announced a ton of new backwards compatible excuse me backwards compatible uh, games for the Xbox One uh, and Xbox One X, uh, including a bunch of original Xbox games, which at that point they had only rolled out a few. Uh, and one of them was Fusion Frenzy, and I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> uh, oh,
2: that was awful. <laughs> um, the
1: so yeah, the, so the yeah, game so, that defined the Xbox. Right? It's ridiculous. Um, so we're going to get a batch of new Xbox original games on April 17th, including Blinks the Time Sweeper, which I remember being really good. Uh, Breakdown, but I don't know what that is. Conquer Live and Reloaded. Uh, people are pretty excited for the next one. Elder Scrolls Three: Morrowind. Oh, um, what?
0: Really? Yeah, Elstros I missed III that
1: on your Xbox One. Uh, I heard Jade Empire was coming, which I was really excited. Jade about. Empire on the seventeenth. Hunter of the Reckoning, Panzer Dragoon Orta.
0: Oh uh, shit! Really cool. Yeah. I missed all
1: these. Like I only heard, <laughs> I only heard like two of
0: them, and like one of the two was Jade Empire, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, that's yeah. good enough for me." Apparently, uh, it wasn't.
1: And then SSX three, uh, and then nine days later, another batch uh, including Destroy All Humans, Full Spectrum Warrior. I loved Full Spectrum Warrior back in the day, and then I could not remember what it was called when I looked for it later until right now. Uh, I miss the original Xbox. I was like,
0: this is making me have some right?
1: great memories. It was uh, so cool. Mer- the Mercenaries, Playground of Destruction, MX Unleashed, Panzer Elite Action, Fields of Glory, but that's only for Europe, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Star Wars Jedi Starfighter, Knights of the Old Republic 2, and Star Wars Republic Commando. So that is a bunch of games, a bunch of classics. Oh man, I'm glad uh, I still
0: have both of those on disc. Right? Does, You'll be able does to... it, does so it work ahead. still, where if you put the disc in, it, like with the original Xbox games, is it the same as the 360 ones?
1: That is, I think so. Um, I think so. That is a great question. I, uh, let's see. Yep, like all other backwards compatible games, you can pop the original disc into your Xbox One and begin playing once they're added to the backwards compatibility catalog. So those discs will. That, I feel like that is super cool. Like you have these like twenty year old discs, not actually, but almost like <laughs> that. Uh, like have been just sitting there, and you'll be able to put them in and play them on your current, like on your current console. Like it's that's un- unreal. I pre ordered Jade Empire months in advance. I bought it oh, at full price, and I played it for
0: thirty minutes so I could finally continue starting starting next <laughs> uh, week
1: I bought Jade Empire on my iPhone last year and uh <laughs> I played it there instead uh, and it was really hard with a touchscreen <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me um so on top of all of that as well um they've added a bunch of new backwards compatible games uh from the 360 um but that are also enhanced for Xbox One X as well um, Star Wars the Force Unleashed uh the first one the one that is worth playing uh, mm-hmm. Darksiders, Portal 2, which I would love to give another playthrough, uh, Gears of War 2, uh, and the one that people have been freaking out about, but Red Dead Redemption is backwards compatible. It is Xbox One X enhanced. It is in 4K. Um, it looks freaking gorgeous. Uh, and it's like like that is now being called the definitive edition of the game, essentially, because there was never a PC release of that. Um, you know, so there was never and no one was ever able to mod that into a better looking higher resolution game. Uh, and now the Microsoft backwards compatibility team has done something similar. And, uh, it's something again, if like watching a comparison video. Um, I, I played and I loved Red Dead redemption back when it came out, whenever that was, um, watching the comparison video, like first of all, made me even more excited for Red Dead redemption too. But second of all, made me want to replay Red Dead redemption like right now. Um, because it looks, yeah, it looks like it's never, it's never looked better, it's never played better. Um, it's super cool that they're doing that.
0: Um, and now all those disgusting animal carcasses are gonna look even more realistic. <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned it before. That was a reason I never like finished that game. I <laughs> just couldn't handle it. No, is that I the couldn't. one
2: where they threw like dead fish on you or something?
0: No, that was Danganronpa. Oh, uh, the is this the one with the spin sharks? Off. No, that was no, real. This evil. is in the Wild West. <laughs> I don't know if there were sharks there. Now, this one is just like you could hunt animals and skin them and sell their materials, but like, unlike Tomb Raider, which is like with Tomb Raider, you just like poke them and all of a sudden you're pulling gears out of their body. Um, <laughs> on this one, it's like it goes into first person view and then he starts like digging his knife into the camera and like blood splattering on the screen. And that's fine. But then like after it goes back to the normal perspective, like the animal that you just skinned is like right there but it's just like a big pile Mm. of meat in like the shape of the animal it's gonna be Uh, so
1: crisp now
0: it's fucking disgusting i'm probably not even gonna buy red dead redemption 2 because it's probably gonna be even worse like (laughs) think about that detail the detail in that pile of meat it's instant it's like instant worst game of the year already and it's not even out yet
1: i it's not gonna come out this year come on Uh, Okay. rockstar
0: yeah, that's how bad it is. It's the worst game of the year, this year and next year.
1: They may, they could just delay it. Just so they need to, to get more detail in those carcasses. So yeah, just gonna a get little delayed bit just more. Just for that. Man, I
0: I wish I wish they looked like real carcasses, then I could probably handle it. <laughs> like, there's like shit ran over on my street like every other week, and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, outside of that, I, we're pushing up against the clock. But I did want to mention a few more things real quick. Uh, one, I know eSports has been trying to push into being seen as legitimate, like real sports, but I don't think any of us were thinking that it was going to start with sexual assault. Um, the Overwatch League had one of their players this past week, uh, suspended indefinitely for allegations against him, apparently coming on to a 14 year old girl where he's 21. Did you guys hear about this at all? I did. No,
2: that's horrifying.
0: Yeah. I have the story here. It says from Mashable.com, it says the Boston, the Boston Uprising player's name was Dream, Dream Casper Jonathan Sanchez. Um, let's see. Where is that blurb? Oh, they announced that Sanchez was suspended indefinitely Sunday night after the allegations surfaced online the 14-year-old the 14-year-old girl in question posted a statement online alleging that Sanchez sent her salacious messages and coerced her into sending him explicit photos and videos. Sanchez is 21 years old. So with that, he was indefinitely suspended. He's been pulled from Boston Uprising pending investigation, and now we're taking one step closer towards legitimate competitive sports. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's I mean, it's so weird. It's like, you would think maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I'm starting to feel like maybe it's just me, but it's like with the Overwatch League, there's been so many like scandals or people getting suspended or fined because of crazy behavior. And like, this is the worst one yet, but it's like, wouldn't people have a little bit more common sense to be like. Maybe, especially now that I'm in the public eye, and especially since people have been getting punished for, like, lesser offenses than this. It's like, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea to try to get this 14-year-old to send me nude photos. I don't know, just a I'm, thought. I mean, that If should, somebody's
2: that... the kind of guy that's going to get a 14-year-old to send them nude photos, though, are other people getting in trouble really going to stop them?
0: Yeah, I mean, whether or not you're in the Overwatch League, that thought probably shouldn't cross your mind anyway. <laughs>
2: Yeah. But absolutely. it's like
0: especially if you're kind of in the under more of a microscope than normal and especially with some of these people that have been like suspended or fined for using slurs on their streams and stuff it's like kind of embarrassing in a in a way it's like on one hand you're like oh you know it's really cool that games are getting this bigger spotlight and then within the bigger spotlight it's like all this Super obvious, like super easy to avoid stuff. Just keeps popping up, and this is like this is really like the worst of it. It's like uh, it's it sucks, but you but know.
2: maybe it'll get better from here. Maybe people will start to learn some lessons and be less of assholes.
0: Yeah, and it's maybe. good to see you know that they're taking it so seriously, and it's not being totally cheated. yeah so like
2: right off the bat.
0: I mean, like, I feel, I really do feel like maybe five, ten years ago, like, this kind of thing, especially, like, the the slurs, maybe not so much this particular story, but, like, a lot of the stuff from before would kind of just be brushed under and not be seen as that big of a deal. I think I've mentioned before that, like, the head, the head guy behind Overwatch was hired by Blizzard because he was a, a troll on EverQuest, <laughs> but he was a troll who gave really, like useful feedback in between all of his slurs and his <laughs> swearing. So they hired him as a consultant. And then now he's like pretty much like the face of trying to eliminate toxicity in online gaming, which is like the most ironic thing ever.
2: That's super interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't really ex- expect it. Cause if you watch the overwatch developer update videos, he sounds like the most like mild mannered guy. <laughs> and like, if you go back and read some of the transcripts of the things he would send to the EverQuest developers, it's like, hard to believe that it's like the same guy
1: that's so funny
0: but then the last piece of news that i had is there was a small bit of controversy this week because there's a new snk fighting game coming out and it's a, it's a spiritual sequel to a game on the neo geo pocket color that took a bunch of the female characters from all of their fighting games and just
1: used the females was that it gal was called,
0: fighters yep gal fighters yeah I, so they're coming I had out that
1: game on the neo geo pocket color yeah i never got it love my neo geo pocket color
0: like i saw it a thousand times and i was like i need to get that and then i never did and when i finally went to go get it that was when they had cleared it all out pretty much the
1: console or the game both
0: well no i have the console but the game they like they cleared out both i still have it somewhere but yeah yeah um wasn't the last boss like iori and drag or something i don't think i ever got that far oh okay but they're coming out with a sequel for switch and ps4 this year um, called uh, SNK Heroines Tag Team Battle or something like that. And they just announced, even though the game's been announced for a long time, they just came out this week and said that it's only going to be available for physical purchase on Switch and that it um it's only going to be digital on Sony, on PlayStation 4. And in an interview, they implied heavily that Nintendo talked them into or convince them or they struck some kind of deal making it that way. Mm. So SNK had to kind of scramble and do damage control a bit or NIS, not SNK, but they sent out an email on their press list, which I'll read here. Um, It says, I must extend my most heartfelt apology to SNK and Sony interactive. The truth is that Nintendo switch, the Nintendo switch exclusive plan was originally decided by NIS America and only later, among discussions with influential SNK people, did we decide the best option moving forward would be to have as much exposure as possible? This is why, in the end, we are bringing the PS4 version of SNK Heroines to the market on PS4 and even supported this version at the NISA press event this past February and March. So, essentially, the short version is that they were misspoken. Nintendo had nothing to do with it. It was originally supposed to be a Switch exclusive altogether, and then SNK had talk to them to release it on ps4 most likely because ps4 has such a wide uh, fighting game community mm-hmm. but so essentially it was never supposed to come out on ps4 to begin with and then after extra talks they decided to release it on ps4 but digital only whereas switch is getting it exclusively physically but and i feel like, um, a, contrary like a game like the w- oh no go ahead
1: like a game like that as well like i feel like that is not a game that's going to sell that many copies especially in north America like a sequel to a to a fighter that was on a failed handheld uh like like
0: 15 20 years ago yeah
1: exactly like is that i wonder if that's something where when it was only coming to switch like was that only in digital form and then like someone like nintendo convinced them to do a physical release like i feel like that's not a huge contender for a physical release in a lot of in a lot of ways
0: As far as I know, it's always been planned for a physical release, and I only say that because the moment the game was announced, they already had, like, a collector's edition on their website, Mm, which I've already pre-ordered, so, (laughs) um, (laughs) so it's, like, NIS is, like, really big with physical, like, collector's editions that they can charge an extra, like, $100 for, and they're, like, legitimately, like, really, really limited, too, so I feel like even if it was just a really small release, I feel like a physical edition was probably always in the plans in some shape or form. But I think they've been getting a lot of um, interest in this game. Like SNK in general seems to be doing really well on the switch right now. Mm-hmm. Um NIS actually at that um, press conference that they mentioned in that uh, letter that I was reading, they announced that they're coming out with an SNK 40th anniversary collection for PS4 and switch. And, I don't know if it's going to be physical on PS4 or not. I don't think they mentioned it, but they announced a collector's edition for Switch for that too. And for one, I didn't know SNK has been around for 40 years, but (laughs) I mean, I've been a big SNK fan since I first went into a laundromat and they had those arcades with like four games in one. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll be really excited to be able to play some of those. I
1: guess like stuff like Metal Slug and stuff is very old, right?
0: Yeah, and I just rebought Metal Slug on PS4 not too long ago for like a Mm. flash sale, and now I'm probably going to end up with it again for like that'll probably be if I do get this game, it'll probably be like the third or fourth time I've bought the whole series (laughs) because I bought the Metal Slug anthology on PS on uh, Nintendo Wii when that first came out, and I bought some of the individual games here and there, and then now I bought them all on PS4, and now this collection's coming out, but this collection's supposed to have a lot of games (laughs) on it, so that's pretty cool. Um, But I think, speaking of that SNK collection, I think that's a perfect time to get into our mission objective if you wanted to kind of explain it to us, Derek.
1: Yeah, for sure. So this week, uh, I mean, a lot of the news this week was talks of, you know, old games that you can play or old games that are new again. Uh, This week's mission objective, uh, are you a fan of re-releases and remasters? And what game would you love to see a quality remaster of? Who wants to start? I'll go. Um okay. I mean I've made I've made
0: my comments on remasters before. I feel like remasters are great if it's a game that's actually that actually needs to be remastered and has been a long time since it's been released. Like for example, Spyro the Dragon which just got even though it's like the world's worst kept secret because people have been talking about it for like 3 months now, but it got officially uh revealed this week and that and it game looks so cool. It looks really cool you know and like the first three Spyro games were amazing and it's been over 20 about 20 years since they came out the every Spyro game that came out after the third one was bad ranged from either awful to okay and that even if you're including Skylanders as a Spyro game I just
1: I never thought we'd see Spyro as not a Skylander again
0: and it's interesting too because this game's this port's being developed by the by the main Skylanders developer too which I think is further proof that Skyland is probably dead, at least for the moment. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I figured, especially after Crash came out, I figured, and Crash is another example of a game that would do well with a remaster. But as far as whether or not I'm for remasters in those situ- in situations like that, yes. But like this whole, it's hard to believe that the PS4 and Xbox One are both coming up on their fifth year anniversary this year, yeah. which. In the past, year five is usually when the console would wind down and they would announce a new one. like, console lifespans are usually about five years. Like, the more recent consoles have lasted longer than that, or in the Wii U, not quite as long as that. But (laughs) (laughs) um, when you really, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being too cynical, but, like, when I stop and think about it, I don't feel like the Xbox One and PS4 have been out as long as they have. And I think a big part of it is that a large part of both their lifespans were just so padded with remasters, like unnecessary mm. remasters, while they were took a good two or three years to start really coming out with heavy-hitting exclusives. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, like, I, I've i said this on the podcast before, too, where the PS4 has been out... Last year was, like, the PS4's fourth year, and last year was the first year that I, I've had it since pretty much launch day, and last year when Gravity Rush 2 came out was, like, the first time that I really sat down and played it a lot because... Mm-hmm. Almost every major release for PS four for a really long time was just remaster after remaster, and I it's good for people who maybe didn't have a PS four or PS three or a, a three sixty or whatever, but as someone who did have all those games already, it's and like some situations like The Last of Us remastered came out like ten months after The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> like Marvel versus Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2 were remastered only like 3 years after they came out and they were charging like $50 a piece for them mm-hmm. when you could get the original versions for like 99 uh, like 10 bucks in a bargain bin on the 360 like Deadpool which was a terrible game got a remaster <laughs> like Legend of K got a remaster and like who the fuck even played Legend of K to begin with it's like It just got to the point, I feel like, where remasters became a crutch to be able to release content when they weren't ready to release content. Which I think overall, in the grand scheme of things, has been damaging. But for every unnecessary remaster, you do get the ones like Spyro and Crash, which are really, really well-deserved and are nothing but beneficial towards the people who either want to experience them again but like in a more refined manner or people who never got a chance to play them. Cause they're actually 20 years old and they've had time to age as opposed to just re-releasing it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as games that I think should be remastered, the first, there's probably a ton that I could think of, but the first one that popped in my head was legend of Dragoon. Ooh. Yeah. Which was like one of the, like the PS one had so many amazing RPGs and out of like over the years, really only like final, your final fantasies and, like to an extent, maybe like Gears and stuff like that right. are still talked about often, whereas so many of them are kind of lost in time. But uh, Legend of Dragoon is probably like my favorite PS1 RPG that wasn't Final Fantasy. Hell, if I if I really think about it, I might even like Legend of Dra- Dragoon more than some of the Final Fantasies. And mm-hmm. and it's not like that game's not on Sony's mind to an extent because remember how. The main character of that game was supposed to be a dlc character for playstation all-stars yeah yeah but instead they decided to put isaac from dead space and then they cut the <laughs> dlc budget because the game didn't sell <laughs> so it's like if they did a legend of dragoon um remaster like i'd buy that in a heartbeat that would be amazing
1: you're just gonna have to buy a final Fantasy seven remaster instead i did already it was on a flash sale one <laughs> <laughs> I, and now I like the a- oh, the remake is a is a remake versus remat like it's a good point when is it a remake versus a remaster like cuz those for instance like crash and spyro like those are those look and those look nothing like they did back then because we've come so far like would that be considered a remake even though it's all it's not a reimagining it's just they took this and they made it look and feel and sound significantly better at what point does it become a a, a remake
0: well, I feel like originally a remake was something that was rebuilt from the ground up, and a remaster was something that was just touched up. But nowadays, mm-hmm. I feel like they're used so interchangeably that it doesn't really matter anymore, right? Because I feel like Spyro and Crash are both more remakes than remasters, totally. But they're they have the word remaster in their title, mm-hmm. so it's like, what's like you said, what's a what's a remaster? <laughs> He's like, what's anymore? the
1: line? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you, Michaela?
2: Well, uh. <laughs> I can only think of one game that I maybe played remastered, and I think that was Halo right. 1. Is it one, or is it just Halo? I don't know. The first Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it had a feature where you could like turn on and off the remastering and so you could like click a button and then it would just look like the original game and then you click the button again and you see all the detail that they had remade and it made me not want to play the old version of the game like why would anybody want to play that if they could (laughs) be playing this new version with so much detail and like so much nicer to look at Um, I had so
0: much fun doing that, though. It was just like switching back and forth mid-firefight.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, it was (laughs) great. I'd be like, oh, God, I don't even know where we are anymore. What is happening? And then in terms of what I would like to see... So I I think I am pro remastering. I, I think it is good. I'm sure if I had a long history of playing games and... Uh, having some nostalgia for certain things that might be a bit different. I might want to see the originals stay original or um, I might feel differently about how they labeled things if there was a lot of changes. Um, But from where I'm at now, it seems like a good time all around. And the thing that I would like to see remastered or remade available is Duck Hunt. I don't understand... Why we can have, like, literally virtual reality, but we can't figure out how to make it so you can point the gun thing at the TV and it knows when you're shooting the duck, when we had that technology a million years ago.
0: I'm shocked that they didn't release a duck hunt for the Wii now that you mention it. Right? I think we I think Wii Play had a minigame where you shot the clay tiles and then they would periodically have the dog pop up to laugh just as a reference, but that's the closest we got to it.
2: I feel like I maybe vaguely remember something like that, but definitely not like actual duck hunt feels. And that mm. was such a good game. Like I I mean again, sheltered video game childhood. That was maybe like the only game that I really remember from being a kid kid. But like it's just a classic. Anyone can play it. Why like you could play it with people. I don't. Un- I just don't understand why we can't bring that back.
0: Maybe because the duck and the dog are friends now, according to Smash Brothers.
2: <laughs> is that a thing? Is that is that what's happening?
0: Apparently. Well, like on Smash Brothers, they had the dog and the duck as like one character together. Oh, okay. And like all their moves was essentially like the player off screen was shooting at them and would hit the opponents
1: instead. Don't you remember the amiibo? I think the amiibo had both of them on it.
2: Do we have that amiibo?
1: Yeah, we, we should have every open every amiibo. <laughs> We're not gonna open it. You can't open them.
3: Uh,
1: um, for myself, I mean, I I like buying games, and so I like buying games over and over and over again, and uh,
2: playing them for one hour.
1: <laughs> no, I'm like I feel like whenever <laughs> I've purchased a remastered or remade title, it's because I played it and loved it. You know, sometime between twenty years and ten months prior. And, you know, and at that point, I'm hankering to play it again. Um, you know, I feel like it's like, for instance, things like The Last of Us. It's an interesting one because I feel like it was something that was so close to the end of the PS3's lifespan that I wonder how many people missed it because they didn't want, you know, they, they it, I mean, it was a masterpiece. Um, and, you know, but being so close to where the PS4 would come out, you're, you're probably not going to buy a PS3 for that um you know regardless of the reception it's getting regardless of what everyone's telling you regardless of the way the trailers look and everything like that so in regards to things like that i can see something like that coming out fairly fairly early um i think it was also a game for instance where it was at the end of the ps3's lifespan and it was pretty ambitious for what the and for instance similar to things like shadow of the colossus on the ps2 where it was this really ambitious and 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 unique title um that didn't really ever run overly well on the system that it was made for both of them came so close to the end of end of things there that once those remastered or hd editions or whatever came out for um you know for eco and shadow colossus on the ps3 or for the last of us on the ps4 like that felt it just felt like a you know shadow of the colossus just felt like a ps3 game and and the last of us just felt like a PS4 game. Um, and so I mean, it's tough to for like I played it on PS3 and then I bought it again on PS4 and sure it was tough to swallow because I'm buying the same game at full price twice in the twice within a year. Um, but I don't know then like like for instance, when I think of the last of us, it's interesting because until you mention it, like I don't think of it as a PS3 game. I think of it as a PS4 game, um, and, which is super. And one game.
0: thing that I just thought of because you mentioned Eco and Shadow of Colossus, I think in the past too, like on PS3, the remasters were a little bit easier to swallow because they were usually bundled.
3: Mm-hmm. Like back
0: on the PS3 That's and true. Xbox 360, it was like Prince of Persia remastered was like all three of them, yeah. and Jack. You get collection like the Metal Gear like...
1: Legacy Collection and.
0: Yeah, it was like Jack. The Jack Remastered Collection was Jack's one, two, and three for thirty bucks. And like nowadays, like I mentioned, it's like Marvel Ultimate Alliance are like forty or fifty dollars each remastered. And it's like that. I think yeah. that makes it a little bit worse nowadays too. In my when opinion,
1: I, I think this. I think it's that's interesting too. That's an interesting point too because I think nowadays, like for instance, those you would see. They, you would see those games packaged together, but they weren't necessarily like aside from potentially like a resolution bump, they were pretty much unchanged. I think in a lot of cases, and I feel like this time at this point now you're seeing the remasters. The remasters feel more involved, like what the remasters or remakes or whatever. Like you're seeing with things like Crash and things like Spyro and things like Shadow of the Colossus being rebuilt from the ground up. Like I don't like looking back on what's coming out now, aside from like the less expensive digital releases and stuff like Deadpool and multi- Marvel's ultimate Alliance. I feel like there's more instances of good and proper remasters slash remakes than we saw last generation. And I, and that, I mean, that's got to get, that has to contribute to things like price too. Like it couldn't, like it couldn't have been inexpensive to remake shadow of the Colossus in the way that they did. Um, but yeah, I know that's a good point. Like, at the same time, I would love to see, like, I would love to see a, a Jack and Daxter collection on the PS4. Because, um, I mean, those I games heard, were unreal, and I haven't played them since I was a kid.
0: weren't there rumors that they were that that was coming?
1: I had not heard any rumors. I'd be definitely down for that. Um, but yeah, that's it's. It, I I mean, I'm definitely down for them. It's also like, for instance, we're seeing things like the, um, a lot of games that release on the Wii U you know, coming out in largely, I think in a lot of cases, they're largely unchanged, but they are getting another opportunity for life on the Switch. Um, You know, those were some of the best games we saw, you know, not only for the Wii U, but for any of the consoles that were out around that time. Um, And those games were just largely ignored because nobody bought that console. And so getting to see things like Donkey Kong and that, that, the newest Mario Kart and, all sorts of things like that get new life and be discovered by people that didn't ever get to experience them before. I think it's pretty cool. Sure, I, like I wish they were cheaper, but but uh, um, yeah, I I mean I'm 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 down with that stuff. I'm still um,
0: praying for his Tokyo Mirage Sessions Port. Oh yeah, show, yeah, bucket happy.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah. I think for me, it's interesting because I like a lot of the games that I loved from those times like i like friends when i look back i don't know aside from a few things like like final fantasy 7 was final fantasy 7 i think was the first rpg that i really really played and played from start to finish and that, i mean I was like seven or eight um you know that was like pretty big for me and i mean that's getting remade and then you know you saw things like shadow of the colossus which has a remake like that was a big big title for me and then I mean, things like the first Metal Gear Solid, you saw it with the Twin Snakes, which I would love to see an HD remaster of that at this point, but I think the one, like a lot of the games that I loved and that, that I would love to play again have already been remastered and have they've already done that, so um, aside from bringing those over to current consoles, I think the one that sticks out for me, or potentially two, um, and they kind of already got remasters, but Silent Hill 2, which had an HD, you know was part of the silent hill hd collection uh which came out for ps3 and xbox 360 but were terrible um <clears throat> like buggy messes i think that it was something along the lines of a lot of the source code for silent hill 2 had been lost and so they just kind of took an earlier version of it and like it was buggy as hell and and things like they wrecked the fog, which is such a huge portion of Silent Hill. Like, it was just a mess, and I would love to see a proper, um, you know, like, imagining that game with today's technology, like, would be absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. Konami would have was to do say, games again, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I was going to say Silent Hill 1 as well, just because, obviously, being a PS1 game, it is so dated. We kind of had a spiritual remaster with... Uh, uh, what is it called? Shattered Memories um on the Wii and later another console. Um, I love that game. It was on I, PSP too, wasn't it? P- it was at the PSP one? Mhm. Okay, yeah, well, okay. one of them. There was Silent Hill Origins on PSP.
0: There was two on PSP
1: I think. Was, was there okay, Origins it must have been and... Shattered must have been Shattered Memories then. Um No, I
0: think there was a second like other there was like a second PSP exclusive. So like Shattered oh, really? would have okay. made it three if I remember correctly.
1: Um yeah, I don't remember, but uh, but yeah, like I would love to see a, a a true remake of Silent Hill One as well, just because I feel like that game was super important. I don't know if it would hold up now, but it was it was certainly something for for its time. Uh, and I miss those games. I would love to see a remake of PT, but where they finish it, <laughs> <laughs> where they make the game that they were gonna make. Yeah, what well, we I guess
0: we have Resident Evil Seven.
1: Yeah, that's true. Resident Evil Seven is pretty incredible. Can't wait till that's remade. Why are like
0: backwoods <laughs> swamp people like the new scary, like the new like antagonist that's in every game? It's like Resident Evil Seven and Far Cry.
1: That's true. I don't know. They someone someone saw thought the Wyatt family was creepy, and they're like,
0: <laughs>
1: let's let's turn this up to eleven. There you go.
0: All right, so that's about it. What do you say we wrap it up? Yes, sounds good. We, ma- we managed to go late without shane so that was pretty cool (laughs) we see we could still we could still carry the show into irresponsible lengths even without shane so we held down the fort and did you guys proud i hope (laughs) uh so that's gonna be it for level 148 as usual you could find us all at geekscape.net i am at Inu joshua on all social media and gaming platforms and derek or can they find you
1: I'm at d Kranovelt on Twitter, and I'm Captain K seventeen across gaming platforms, but mostly and on Sea of
0: Thieves. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Sea of uh, Thieves. I feel like I could find both of you at Sea of Thieves.
2: Probably. I'm Mika Max three zero nine at wherever, and also at, on all the things. And also, um, you can follow Geekscape on Instagram is
1: the the handle thank
2: you for finishing my sentences Uh, yeah and see what we're up to
1: alright
0: great so that'll be it for episode 148 and we'll see you next week bye Bye. everybody